Hi, everyone. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to review 12 Years a Slave, mm-hmm. directed by Steve McQueen. Not the Steve McQueen that was so cool. This is another <laughs> Steve McQueen, a black British director. I believe he directed Hunger yes, he and did. Shame. Yes. This is the story, true story, of a free man of color back in the 1840s and 50s named Solomon Northrup. He lived in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. He was a music teacher. He was kidnapped and sold as a slave down south, of course, and he spent 12 years as a slave, much of it under the thumb mm-hmm. of a sadistic, very cruel oh. master named Edwin Epps, played by Michael Fassbender. There are a lot of good actors in this film. Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Dano, Sarah Paulson, Brad Pitt, who is also an executive producer. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, certainly. And an astonishing young woman who has never acted before. She is African-American, of course. Her name is Lupita Nyong'o. She plays Patsy. It's a story that is going to distress you. It is a very, very, very hard film to watch. I agree. There are times when I literally had to look away because, frankly, and I'm not sure that they meant it to turn out this way, but this film is all about cruelty. It's a torturous experience. Yes. I had to literally leave the theater twice. I could not bear to sit through two sequences. One was when Northrop was being punished for standing up to a bullying overseer and was then strung up from the bough of a tree from dawn till dusk with his bare feet immersed in the muddy ground while the other slaves, by the way, looked away. Then there was the famous beating scene of this character named Patsy. She was the top cotton picker on this plantation owned by the Michael Fassbender character, Edwin Epps. Epps. He was goaded on by his furious wife. Played by Sarah Paulson very well, by the way. Very well. She was infuriated because her husband was paying too much attention to this very beautiful young slave who was so good at her job. He then decided, because she exited briefly to get a bar of soap from a nearby plantation, that he was going to punish her. And the punishment was a beating that lasts about eight minutes on screen. Now, this is Steve McQueen's concept as the director. He wants the audience to be as horrified as we should be over the torturous life that these slaves led. So he lets the camera linger on these sequences far longer than I could take. I think that it's a very well-intentioned film, but the brutality and the sadism is just too much for me. Listen, I love gangster movies. I love the violent me movies. Too. I, I love, love gangster pictures. You know, Eastwood westerns and the John Wayne westerns mm-hmm. where people get... I love that stuff. I could not look at this. I did not get up to leave, but I did look away because I could not bear it. And I think because of this, I feel that I was abused myself by watching this. That's an interesting comment. I agree with you on that. I think that it is to Steve McQueen's credit and certainly to the actor who plays Solomon Northrup, that they were able to breathe some life into this character. Based on this memoir that Northrup wrote, 
once he was reunited with his family. It was a slim storyline. We don't know much about this character, Northrop. We know that he was married, that he played the fiddle, that he liked snazzy suits, and that he had a couple of children. That's all we know about him. And for an actor like Ejifor to create a character based on such little information was quite incredible to me. He was also told within the movie that he had to keep his mouth shut, downplay his background, his education, his abilities, his talents. Otherwise, he would be beaten to a pulp. So that's what he did. Now, to play that on camera means that he could not really speak very much. And he had to hold himself in, show very little emotion throughout this film. That's a tough thing to pull off. And I think he did a brilliant job because he had only to raise an eyebrow, let's say, or curl his lip in order to show his emotions. He had to be very contained. And it was only, as I said earlier, when he stood up to the bully played by Paul Dano that he was punished. And after that, he learned a terrible lesson. And then he was even more subdued. The problem with this film for me, other than the brutality, which is really over the top, in any film, I don't care if it's Dumb and Dumber, I don't care if it's an Eastwood Western, whatever it is, the character must change from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. That's what the story is all about. And the Solomon Northrup character did not change. He kept his mouth shut for 12 years, and we watched him do that for two hours. And he finally comes back, and of course, he is a very subdued man, and he apologizes to his family for leaving them. Listen, there is another aspect of this film that I have to bring up, and that is the appearance of Brad Pitt in this film. Now, Brad Pitt was one of the producers of this movie. Yep. So there's one, only one good white human being in this film. That's right. And that's this Amishy looking Brad Pitt. He's kind of a construction engineer who's been hired to do some work on the plantation. And Northrop somehow trusts him, and they have some conversations, and he eventually gets the Brad Pitt character to work in his behalf. And eventually, of course, he finds an exit for this unfortunate slave. I thought that was such a convenient role to play. And I thought that he took the part because it made him look very heroic. And so I thought it was very self-aggrandizing, if you will. I didn't quite buy him in this character. By the way, there's plenty of sadism in this movie, and you would think that Fassbender's character, Epps, is the worst. But I'm not so sure. He had plenty of competition. There's Paul Giamatti as the slave trader. He was a rotten character. Paul Dano is that terrible bully, the overseer. And then there was Benedict Cumberbatch, whose character really abhors slavery, but he goes along with it because it allows him to continue his privileged lifestyle. Right. I don't know which is worse. I mean, he was really a hypocrite. So almost everybody in this movie is just rotten to the core, with the exception of the beautiful Patsy, played by Lupita. And then, of course, as I said, the hero, the knight in shining armor, played by Brad Pitt. I thought this movie was strangely aloof. Boy, you are right. I didn't think of that, Anne, but you're absolutely right. Even with all the sadism and with all the up-close brutality, which seems to pop up every five minutes, 
at one point I just said, enough already, I get it. Sure. That's not to say that this movie doesn't have all of the great history lesson that we have to deal with. Of course. This was a dark time in the beginnings of this country. We all know that. So I admire the fact that they put this film together. But for me, 12 Years a Slave is not quite the masterpiece that it thinks it is. <laughs> That's a hard thing for me to say, but I have to be honest about it. I think that the movie is not quite a green light, so I'm going to give it a yellow light because I think it's a movie that you have to watch, but you have to proceed with caution. I totally agree with you, and I went to the film very excited to see it. I expected it to be brutal, but everything that they did, everything that they did, Anne, was too much. As a result, I found myself somewhat turned off by this film. I would never give it a red light because it is a piece of history that is true. However, I'm going to have to give it a yellow light because it's just not very entertaining. Agreed. So, two yellow lights for 12 Years a Slave. Well, we're going to come back and review another film very shortly. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you don't wait another 12 years to go and see a movie. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag... But let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.